0: The temps are warmer, you've mowed the lawn, and maybe even turned on the AC a time or two. It's definitely spring. So StealadealSBI.com is having their spring sale. Log on now and get local deals up to 50% off before they're gone. StealadealSBI.com. This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network.
1: Good morning to Mark Hanna, Executive Director of Abraham Lincoln Kepler Airport. How are you? Good. good, I sir. must compliment, not must, but I'm going to uh been out at the airport went in the other day uh, the wallaces were flying back to mesa and went in and i'd uh, been there a couple times is the remodeling done finished because boy what an incredible project that is that turned out to be
0: uh, for the most part it is we're waiting on some signage uh some wayfinding uh there's some temporary signage up now in some areas there's some mill work and uh um some finish work that still needs to be finished up around the airline ticket counters <clears throat> and then there's some uh uh, and uh, some exterior work on the west side that you generally wouldn't see from the parking
1: lot. Baggage they, claims all good to go. The, that, the hallway is beautiful. Where did you guys procure that that statue of Lincoln? <laughs> Can you tell me?
0: So, uh, well, a good friend of all of ours, uh, Fred Puglia, okay. gave me a call one day, and he says, Mark, I have got a deal for you. I'm like, <laughs> I'm brace, <sure>. brace yourself <laughs> with Fred. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so i'm like all right i'm still on the phone and say well I, I know this uh artist and i i know about this this piece of art and it's up in chicagoland and they're they're done with whatever they're doing with it and uh it's for sale and I, you're the first person we thought of you know the airport is a perfect spot for. oh my me. and uh so we went ahead and uh, contracted to buy it <laughs> and uh it had been in storage for nearly six seven years oh my god and okay. we just did not have a grand spot to put it anywhere in the terminal it's 10 feet tall or whatever and then when we when we did this addition we wanted to carve out space for it and uh uh joe petty the architect when he designed that space for the uh, for the statue he's he did that sight unseen of, of the art he just had the dimensions and a picture of it so um actually so uh fred our um uh, Fran Valls, he's out of the Rochelle area mm-hmm. the local sculptor up there he put that together and then it was on displayed a few shows up in uh, Chicagoland and it spent some time in City Hall up in Chicago and then for those uh, road warriors uh, you know that have that have uh, been through O'Hare for a number of times it had been in one of the concourse connecting oh, okay. walkways for sure. a number of years I remember walking past it 10, 15 years ago, whatever it was, was, that's pretty cool. (laughs) And uh, and that's what Fred was talking about. So we had that in storage, and we thought that's the perfect spot for that. Oh,
1: my gosh. It looks like it belongs seriously in the museum downtown. It is that impressive. It's beautiful.
0: So it came in sections. Uh, Fran, the sculptor, came and he put it back together in that space. He spent two, three days putting it back together, painting it, touching it up, and making
1: it look like it is today. Uh, fixed base operator how they doing they've got a beautiful facility out there they're very pleased with what's going on
0: yes uh stellar aviation yes they're they're uh they're they're doing pretty good trade right now with the fuel especially with the the price in fuel and and what's going on with the economy they seem to be uh, moving right along um i continue to talk with brad their coo who bounces between a lot of their their stations they're opening up uh reno nevada uh similar to kind of how they started Springfield. So they're in some rental space, and they're growing out there. And recently he just rang me up says, Hey, Mark, I'm trying to emulate Springfield, what we have in Springfield with the Defense Energy Services contract, the military uh, contract fuel out in Reno. So they are, they're on, they're on the map as far as pass over, fly over, uh, military stops, cross countries, uh, corporate traffic. I'm seeing more jets uh, out there in the flight line. And this, this space is incredible and I, I think they've got a great uh, uh, new tenant in with uh, hangar one which we call for maintenance so we have uh, some very good on-call uh, maintenance for uh, the base uh, aircraft operator so we still have space inside the FBO uh, the fixed space operator that is unfinished and we did that by the, the by design to to help encourage uh, you know you know uh, a corporate aviation flight department or
1: flight school so We've got room to grow over there. Who's on the backside? I always say it's Garrett, but I know it's never not been Garrett for a long time. And are they still as busy as ever over there? Absolutely. Uh, S- uh, Standard Arrow, Standard Arrow okay. International Company, uh, over
0: 50 sites, and uh, they're based down in the the Phoenix, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Scottsdale area, I believe. So uh, they're rocking and rolling, and actually, uh, just we just recently. Uh, you know, uh, put shovel to earth on on a solar field for them. Sure, and then uh, we're in another phase with them right now, as far as updating and renovating some of the space uh, that they have in the four hangars and the uh, the paint facility out there. Uh, some multi million dollar uh, the projects that we're looking at, as far as. Doors and paint, HVAC, mechanical systems, and things like that for the yep. Springfield plant, and then um, they're also looking at uh, further expansion, physical expansion, potentially in Springfield as well. So we are keeping uh, keeping tab on that, and actually uh, uh, Tony Broncano, their uh, president of their business aviation um, uh, unit, was in Springfield this last week as well, and again recommitted their uh, their desire to continue being in Springfield and moving forward. So. Uh, I know that's been a uh, a generational business here in town. There's oh boy, been a lot of people. Absolutely. Um, and uh, so when we did the solar field uh, to help support them, it's the second type of projects like this that uh, that we've done with um, the generosity of Dick Levi and LRS donating uh, the funds to uh, Lincolnland in order to expand their school. That was a that was a direct you know impact or a project to actually support. Uh, standard arrow as well as far as the ps airframe and power plant mechanics and you're talking about what's going on right now in the aviation business with crews and pilots and and all that I was reading a trade publication report on uh, uh, aviation uh, uh, mechanic technicians average age is 53 and uh, so we think we have an issue with you know pilot shortages right now I mean it's the mechanics and this is something that a lot of the trade organizations and major businesses and government contractors Boeing has been on the leading edge of we need to start training our, our young folks or get new people involved in in this trade and it can be lucrative it could be a, a very good career path for people and um, but it's just it's a struggle right now as it, many many uh, different industry sectors are having right now with employment
1: Greg you know, one one of the uh, I wanted to ask a little bit more about that solar plant <laughs> I knew we'd have you on this week and I was out there of course when you broke ground for it and uh, it, it's it's Standard Aero is really going to, pardon me, benefit from this as well. It's going to have a lot of uh, its electrical needs covered by this for, what, about three decades?
0: Right, right. So we uh, we were able to, uh, we've had this piece of land for a number of years, and it, uh, years ago it was uh, uh, the location for the airport's fuel farm facility. And we've done the environmental um, phase one, phase two, and it's highly likely that we'd ever be able to build a building where people be working or living or, or what have you it'd have to be some type of a warehousing or even if that so this is the perfect type of uh, development for that and we've done the solar glare hazard assessment all the fa clearances and we were looking there's a lot of different business models or ways how we could have done this and um, basically how it came down is standard air was really really interested they were invested in this project from day one and it's it's Uh, it's taken a number of years to get here and what we've been able to do, the airport will eventually own the facility and they are going to benefit from having a known rate per kilowatt hour for up to 20 years. Hmm. And uh, and for them, with their business planning and their budgeting and, and uh, in looking at their uh, operational inputs to the Springfield plant, I mean, that's invaluable knowing what you're going to pay for electricity four, five, eight, 15 years from now. So, that it's not possible if we did not have the partners involved Vergy, Inter, Vergy, uh the contractor that we're working with. Um, it's a $5.6 million deal. Um, we brought in a third party who's able to offset some of the, um, uh, the federal tax credits that we as a, as a government entity or municipal corporation cannot take advantage of. They're sharing uh, some of those benefits with them, offsetting our cost nearly a million dollars. In with the Illinois block program with a with solar renewable energy credits, some $2.3 million. So really, wow. Airport Authority is buying this. We're going to own this at almost half the cost. And we're able to finance the balance of that locally with some very competitive rates that we receive from all the local lending institutions. And Don or, um, John John over at uh, Town & Country. We're just great to work with them. And Steve Ganuzzi on... On helping us uh, finance the balance uh, of that, and it's it just worked out. Uh, we ran the numbers number of times upside down, left right, fifteen times on Sunday to make sure that this thing is going to work. And I'm telling you, it's a it's a great economic uh, development project in order to support an existing major employer in town, just like. We did with Mister. Levi and LRS in Lincolnland with helping support the workforce. So, we're just trying to make things work on the airport. And when others see that, they're saying, "Hey, that that airport or that community they're they're moving in a direction where it's obviously environmentally sustainable, but also economically sustainable." We're just not building something or doing something for the sake of doing it. it there's there are other reasons involved.
1: Mark um, pre pandemic. Um loads compared to where they are now. Have they bounced back on your commercial carriers your Allegiant, American United are they back to where they were? Uh, <clears throat> actually they're higher. Really? They're actually they're actually higher. So
0: I was just looking at the numbers here um we are at uh 2019 levels now. And uh 2019 that's the industry's used in 2019 as the benchmark to get back to uh, before we can start growing again and uh so over since January we've been twenty to thirty percent over twenty uh twenty one levels. And that's about what the drop was from twenty one from nineteen, and of course twenty was a lot lower. Um American they're pushing well into the eighty percent load factors. Wow. Um United is high seventies, low eighties, and allegiant is mid eighties um on, on both their routes. Uh and, wow. and everyone's doing well. Pre pandemic, perhaps those were we're mid to low 80s on Allegiant, um, maybe low 70s on United and American. American now still has the two flights daily to Dallas-Fort Worth. Right. United just has the one flight, uh, the morning departure and the evening arrival. It still makes all the best bank times that are possible with that schedule. And then, of course, uh, with the Punta Gorda and the Mesa, uh, the Phoenix Gateway um, um, uh, routes, so the numbers are where they're at now, primarily because of of uh, the additional flights to Punta Gorda that we have had seasonally, and also the addition to the the Mesa Gateway Phoenix routes as well. So that's kind of plugging the gap on some of the you know the the flight or two or three that we don't have yet restored from United, and we're just looking at some route cuts across the country. Um, I'd like to keep the board you know up to speed i'm really trying to find good news out there and and uh and letting them know what's happening with the airlines of interest to springfield american united allegiant um and uh, it's cut after cut and reduction and uh, uh their uh, whole list of cities this last week that uh, united announced and you know four of them state capitals Pierce south dakota um Columbia, Missouri, Jeff City, Lansing, and Tallahassee, three, three of those four major university towns as well, have lost their united service. Um, and uh, central Illinois, uh, we've got the one, our neighbors to the north, it still haven't been restored to full full frequency as well. Prior to that, here you look back to the, uh, the spring of this year, uh, SkyWest made an announcement that they were looking to pull out of 29 markets because of the pilot shortages. And and uh, Republic Airlines over in Indianapolis, they do a lot of uh, feed and contract flying for the airlines. Uh, They are petitioning Congress to actually uh, allow their first officers, instead of having the 1,500-hour flight rule to 750, as a short-term relief for this, because uh, back in 2009, you recall, there was the uh, unfortunate uh, Colgan Air crash in upstate New York. There was a change in the rules as far as how many flight hours uh, a pilot had to have to to be an air transport pli- pilot it was 250 congress upped it to 1500 six times the amount of hours not necessarily more training but just more hours sure so if you and then if you left a uh, or graduated from an accredited university you get a 500 uh... Credit. So you'd be in at a thousand if you have military time 750 um... so <laughs> it really upped the bar and you know the, the folks that were graduating college maybe they end up with two three hundred hours their CFI or maybe they're just flying banners with uh, you know flip flops and sandals and up and down the beach and they're just doing rote flying just to get their hours and a lot of them are washing out of the schools, you know, on their training. So in with the shortage of the of the pilots, um, some of the early buyouts, early retirements during the COVID um, the uh, restrictions on the hours—it's really putting a cramp. And it was a huge issue pre-pandemic,
1: and now it's even issues. Even uh, got gotten- Marcana, Lincoln Capital Airport. The executive director is with us. All right, let's go back to that question we talked about: cancellations. Are regional airports more prone to have flights canceled than, let's say, some of the bigger airports around us?
0: Um, as it relates to the pilot shortage, At both or- pilot and weather. Um. We did a, uh, an assessment of that a few years back uh-huh. and, uh, comparing our, our regional airports, like for example, the St. Louis, Sure, we're right on par. I mean, the airlines have to fly the routes, uh, they're connecting, they have to move crew, they have to move pilots, they have to move an aircraft. Uh-huh. It's do it's doing in a, the aircraft, you know, going in, into Chicago from Springfield needs to go to South Bend or Mac or uh, who knows, uh, uh, muskegon or it's gotta go over to erie or whatever so right. they have a schedule so they need to fly it uh regardless and when it comes to weather uh they really you really have to look at the location where you're flying to or from okay and that a lot of that time a lot of the time that is made decision by dispatch um and the air traffic control for that airport like for example chicago they may actually put things down to the airlines hey we need to decrease frequencies by this we're we're reducing service to this runway and we need we can only do this many an hour and you need to figure out what your priorities are and of course then they're looking at hey what aircraft need to come in what crews and how many passengers am I going to inconvenience at, at, at that time so there there's it's just not a knee-jerk reaction no nope, we're not going to fly Springfield or we're cutting the uh, Puria flight because right. we got to get something in from you know from L.A. or whatever like that. So um, they of course they don't have the same priority as maybe a mainline aircraft inbound coming from New York that you know you're carrying 200 some passengers you mean they're gonna prioritize that because those people are moving about and they're connecting as well Um, so you don't want to inconvenience obviously 200 people for 50 people however they do make room. It's a system. It's uh, it's not one or the other all the time. And I know a lot of the, you know, a lot of passengers think, oh, just because I'm flying from a small airport, whether it's, you know, Springfield, Paducah, right. Evansville, or whatever, that oh, I'm going to play second fiddle. That's not necessarily true. Now on the on the uh, crew question, I know just recently we had a situation here in Springfield where uh, there was an American Airlines flight that was delayed you know, coming in uh, from uh, from Dallas, and they didn't have a second officer. It wasn't that that second officer or Springfield got singled out as, hey, we're not going to fly that or it's going to get delayed because we're taking that that first officer and we're putting them on a flight to San Antonio or Orlando. That's more likely a different aircraft type anyway, so you're not plugging and playing. Actually, Paul, and I, we are just talking about this over the break as far as aircraft types and things like that. So, a lot of times, uh, if it's a crew delay or if it's a crew issue, it's there's a reserve pilot that got gobbled up the, to go to another route or the inbound crew that was supposed to fly uh, on that other route got delayed. And uh, so they're kind of stuck without a, a pilot or, or crew member at the time. So a lot of it's all circumstances. Um, and a lot of times it's being made by dispatch, uh, the uh, the on-airport, on, uh, on I guess headquarters at some of the bigger airports where where the right. hub and dispatch makes the makes the makes the uh, uh, the determination if they're going to launch out of a out of a regional or a connecting spoke airport into the hub um, based on weather and how many of the hub airports are going to be able to accommodate during an hour during a snow event. So yes, um, many cases it are the spoke airports that are one of the first ones that are are being nixed or delayed in order to accommodate maybe a trans, transcontinental uh, sure. air flight to, to get in and make that uh, combination.
1: Let's talk about price because people are going to say, I got this ticket. I, I'm going to tell you what I, I love in the evening to get on the sites, whether it be Expedia, whether it be the direct AA.com site, uh, whether it be Priceline, whatever. And I see different prices a lot of times by the different, big agencies that book flights and they'll change dramatically. You have no control over the price. I think somebody told us once, uh, Sam capital Airport's like a mall, we rent space and they can charge. You can't, the mall, Simon doesn't tell everybody what they must charge in the stores at, uh, at white Oaks. Um, the same way with you guys, you guys. and, And what I find is folks, for example, we're booked already out of Springfield, um, On a direct flight, no, not direct, obviously, Dallas and then Lauderdale. And then coming back, we're doing the United out of Lauderdale because I like the time. We're back in sprinkle by 730 after a short layover in Chicago, take United back here. I'm telling you, folks, and, and the price blew everybody out, blew Chicago out, blew St. Louis out, wasn't even close. I mean, if it had been with a $100, said, okay, we're going to do that house convenience, parking, so on and so forth. You have to go down the night before and so on. But you guys have very little or if anything to do with the price the airlines put on their various websites. Exactly. You're 100% correct.
0: And the uh, the analogy of us being a mall, you're exactly right. We are a property a facility manager, owner operator, and we lease space. Certainly, we try to encourage a business. We're recruiting. We have relationships with our tenants, American, Amer- uh, Allegiant, United, and so on and so forth. But yeah, we have no control over the pricing. We monitor the pricing. Sure. And um, and if there's an issue, uh, we're we're able to work through and with our consultants to get into the uh, revenue management teams of these airlines, and these these folks are eighteen stories below ground in a concrete bunker and, <laughs> and it, 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 it the revenue the the it, the systems uh, the revenue management systems are so complex uh, right now if you go check check a fare they're changing like you say and actually I personally I use uh the American Airlines I mm-hmm. a lot of times so I'm, if I'm if I'm shopping I'll use the free 24-hour hold and I'll hold it and I'll check it again a couple more times and maybe let that pass and right. I've done that a couple of times and it's you know, I've gotten a better rate. You know, if I waited, if I if you have the time to do that. But yes, we have no uh, control over the fares. However, we, we monitor them, and we know that Springfield flying out on the network carries American or uh, United, there's going to be a little bit of a premium versus you know flying out of St. Louis, as an example, on a, on a similar type of a product, $20, $40, $60, 80, 100 bucks, whatever that is. We monitor that to make sure it's somewhat reasonable. Um, and against our peers as well up in, up in puri Bloomton others if you will hey how why are we not like them in some cases in some cases we're better a lot of it a lot of it has to do with the uh, the load factors I mean if our flights are full and we're it's already booked at 70 some percent you know 10 15 days out the airline can demand a premium fare for that those last few seats so It's not always, hey, the same seat at the same time out of each airport is the same value.
1: Right. I I tell people check it every day. If you're you're shopping, sometimes every five or six hours. I mean, they change dramatically in the course of 24 hours. Okay, let's talk specifically. We're running out of time. About two or three more minutes. Mark Hanna, thanks for coming in. Um, Let's talk about Allegiant and Punta. Two days a week right now, is that right? Yes. When will that start to expand, or w- I'm sure it will? What do they tell you? So they're, they're taking their hiatus uh, in uh,
0: mid-August, and they're back the first uh, week of October. So there won't be any flights
1: at all between right. mid-August to 1st of October. Exactly. All
0: right. And they've done that for the last few years, Right. and uh, and then they'll start back up, and then usually around Thanksgiving they'll start uh, salt and peppering in a few extra flights uh, during the holidays, and right now the schedules are for sale through uh, through the first week of February. Oh, and, uh, it is. Yes, okay. Yeah, February for uh, first week of February, and we're waiting for their uh, for the spring. Um, and I believe right now, up until their hiatus, I think they're flying Monday, Fridays, and then Wednesday, Saturdays is uh is uh, uh, Mesa, Phoenix, um, and they are now going to take a hiatus as well, starting the first week of September through the fifteenth of November. As, uh, so. They're flying twice weekly, and then they'll they'll pick up the the uh, the week right before things. How popular
1: are those flights? I mean, I, again, the Wallaces came in from uh from Mesa, flew to Springfield, got their rental car, spent seven days in Jerseyville, Quincy. We were with them here. Their last took them back Capital Airport. They said it was just incredibly good flight, very reasonable, very happy with the service, and a lot of people on board. It is doing well. Good, and you know, we think we hit a home run with this, and. Um,
0: there's a lot of folks, uh, second homeowners, um, and a big uh, part of Central Illinois with uh, Caterpillar, if you will, with, appro- oh, yeah. with approving grounds sure. down in the Tucson area and the Phoenix area. So there's a lot of that traffic as well. And now I'm actually hearing uh, business folks in town. Suitcases are actually taking some of the Allegiant flights as well into Florida and the Phoenix, just because of you know, some of the difficulties with the network carriers and the connecting hubs and the frequencies and the time. So Allegiant is quietly starting to attract some business travelers as well.
1: Shouldn't been surprised, but Punta Gordon knocked it out of the park, out of Springfield. I mean, I shouldn't have been surprised with all the people down there, but it is people on Marco uh, in Naples, everybody, even to the north, up to Sarasota, sometimes Bradenton, they say, hey, it's so much nicer out of Springfield into Punta Gorda.
0: You, you know, the way to Punta Gorda for Springfield was through Myrtle Beach. If you go back to uh, the late wrong. the late 1990s with, right. with Direct Air, yes. we recruited Direct Air, and uh, we told the folks we really want the Gulf Coast. They go, "Well, you make Myrtle <laughs> Beach work, and we'll give you Punta Gorda." And Folks in Springfield supported it. It's a new, different destination. The golfers knew all about it, but it became a another family destination. I'm still seeing Myrtle Beach sweatshirts in the yeah, you right. You know, in the grocery stores and what have you. So, and that's still a market that we are trying to get back on a seasonal basis. But that's what got us uh, Punta Gorda, uh, and we had that for three, or four seasons with direct air. They went defunct. And we proved the market. We were one of the first ones. Rockford and Springfield were the, one of the first ones, actually, a Punta Gorda service mm-hmm. in Downstate Illinois. And uh, and then after uh, uh, Direct Air when defunct, we picked up um, uh, Allegiant that fall in the Gorda. It's been history. It's been. I've happening. got
1: less than thirty seconds, Marciano. One location on your wish list, dream list that you would like to see Springfield fly into on a return in and back. Where would it be? On allegiant, I
0: would really like to see Tampa, 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 Tampa St. Pete. I mean, really, have a lot of uh, a lot of interest in Tampa, St. Pete. All right, um, Las Vegas. Please, please, please is 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 high, is very high. Uh, we want Las Vegas, and certainly um, uh, Destin and Myrtle Beach also. And uh, we want more frequency to Chicago, and uh, I think uh, some larger aircraft are due for us into Dallas Fort Worth. and also. In conclusion, condolences
1: to you and your family and the you, past, Michael Jasper. Appreciate it very much. Mark Hanna, thanks for what you do for the community, man. I appreciate it. Or before the hour. It's a.m. Springfield. He's with Abraham Lincoln, Capital Airport.
0: You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.